The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Go get a cup of coffee in here, please. Say it, damn good coffee and hot. Damn yeah, that's it. And hot. I knew it. It is. It is damn good coffee and hot. That screen stays up way too long. I'm gonna have to cut all these things down a little bit. It's just like why good morning, folks. It is Friday. Friday the fourteenth. Your lucky day. Damn good coffee and hot. How are you this morning? Friday, October 14th, 2022. I guess it's a lucky day because you survived to it. Anyway, uh, one more day. One day more. I'm singing Les Miserables for you at 8 o'clock on a Friday morning. It is your Issues with Andy day. I'm fucking so far behind on that thing. Um it's like I never listened. I got to get caught up. But you know what? Life gets in the way, folks. Um, and getting busier all the time. Yesterday I got calls during the day for three new gigs this weekend that I wasn't prepared for. I wasn't thinking about. And now they are added to my schedule. So solo gigs. Me acoustically singing and playing Two different different audiences, a variety of audiences, three days this weekend. One of them will be fun. One of them is just a walk-around thing at a, um assisted living place. Not all old people. <laughs> not that there's anything. I'm not an ageist. I'm not. Listen, I'm an old people. Um, But uh, sometimes, you know, it's nice to play for people who understand music that uh, or are fans of music that happened after World War II every once in a while. Anyway, um, looking forward to uh, today. I have some meetings today uh, that I'm not really prepared for, but I'm looking forward for them anyway, uh, just to see what comes out of it. Uh, and I hope you're having a great day. Last night, I had a fabulous conversation with uh, the very interesting Mishka Shubali. Um, again, you know, I would I would recommend if you could watch that show from last night. Um, if you're not a fan of uh, Mishka, get to be a fan. Let, listen to his music. I know for some people, like Tom Waits, it's an acquired taste. You have to. It's it's like. Um, it's like a vodka martini or a gin martini. Gin martini is even stronger. Uh, it's drier. Um, it's like that. It takes takes a couple of sips before you you get. Oh, this isn't so bad. And then by the time you're done with drink, oh, I'll have another. <laughs> that's that's how I would describe uh, 
Michigan, and then you will get hooked. Uh, interesting, interesting lyrics in in all of the songs, and um, just great, great music for as far as I'm concerned. I did ask him about whether he feels like he was born in the wrong time. He had a very uh, profound comeback with, with that, and I'll let you listen to it. But um, good conversation, very good conversation. The news today is just all full of political crap, war crap, um, you name it. Nothing good is coming in the news. Uh, and it's just, you know what? some point you get sick of it you just got to turn it all off and say i'm not going to listen to anybody about anything um so i'm not going to run down the ridiculous headlines from today uh or from actually from yesterday that they reporting on uh today um but uh one of the things uh that is interesting to me um a lot of a lot of kid raping going on. Um, guy got arrested for <laughs> a attempted or no, not attempted abduction of a fourteen year old girl in a parking lot. And the uh, guy who raped a ten year old girl that was forced to get an abortion begins his trial today. Well, goes to court. To, yeah, it begins his trial. He goes on trial today. Um, that should be interesting. Listen, uh, he's guilty, right? He's guilty. Can he get a fair trial? How how does that guy get a fair trial? And not that he deserves a fair trial. Believe me, <laughs> I mean, I'm, well, it's a it's a funny uh, thing here in America. Everybody's entitled to a fair trial by a jury of their peers, but this guy confessed to raping a ten year old girl. I can't see how any jury can be impartial on that. I mean, you had to have heard, if you didn't hear about the story, good for you. Uh, That means you're not tuning into the news, and that's really difficult to uh, do in today's world of everybody repeating the big news stories. So good for you if you didn't hear about it, but basically the story is this. Uh, he raped a 10-year-old girl. She, and now, the reason it was news is because she couldn't get an abortion, uh, and judge kind of threatened to to put her in jail if she tried to get an abortion, and the uh, abortion doctor, she had to cross state lines. She had to go from Ohio into Indiana to get a, an abortion. Um, so that's why it made news, but yeah, he raped a 10-year-old girl, confessed to it, and he's going on trial for it. I guess he, he lawyered up, and the lawyer told him to plead not guilty. Listen, you, but what's going to happen in jail? He, he's going to get the Dahmer treatment in jail, probably, uh, and probably deserves it. Um, but how you get a free trial, it's, it's just... Um, Hard to imagine. Hard to imagine getting a free trial or um, even why he would even plead guilty. But I I can't imagine that day, first day in jail. Everybody, oh, that's a ten, guy who raped a 10-year-old girl. How long? We should put on mybookie.com 
how uh, uh, betting on how long he's going to last. Probably a couple of days at most. Nah. My, they'll probably start him out in maxim, maximum security, right? I can't even speak this morning, but that's fine. Uh, this is the end of a guest list week. But my nighttime show is booking up again like crazy, five days a week, four days a week, uh, five days a week, four days a week, five days a week, four days a week. And um, they're coming out of the woodwork for... <laughs> It happens. I get contacted by publicists um, in in clusters, and I guess a lot of books are coming out. It's that time of year. It, you know, a lot of books come out around uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and uh, it's a good time to sell, right? Good time to sell books. So lots of authors coming out now wanting to talk to me. A lot of um, cuckoo people crazy people uh are seeking interviews i guess because i allowed flat earthers to come back on my channel and talk to zach um it's become open season again with the um the weird people and of course october is always a good time for weird people crazy people uh halloween ghost stories ufo stuff all that kind of stuff this time of year seances seances for halloween a lot of people doing that kind of stuff so i get a lot of those requests i don't know how many of those we're going to honor and actually book but the calendar is getting real booked up and now i'm getting people who are overseas who are asking uh some people in dubai on the other side of the world, some people. So uh, they're asking, could they be on the morning show? Now, the morning show guests have generally always been comedians or musicians. But I'm, I think I'm going to have a few serious guests trying to pitch their books. I don't know how that's going to go over with the morning crowd. But that certainly looks like it's going to happen uh, in the near future. Because I'm really lazy. I'm sick and tired of chasing down comedians <laughs> to try to get them to be on the show. Uh, in the morning. And listen, nobody's a morning person. I'm not a morning person. I don't want to be here now. Well, I, I want to be here now, but I don't want to be here now. I like to, I like doing the morning radio shtick, but I don't like getting up in the morning. Uh, so, uh, it, it is what it is. Um, so my friend, John Pavaramo, was on NBC last night talking about uh, Ariel Elias and the, the beer thing. It's still in the news. Good for her that it's still in the news. You know, 15 minutes has got to be up soon. Uh, I still haven't heard back from her. So I heard back from her once saying she wanted to be on the program. I offered her yesterday. I offered her today. Haven't heard back from her on any of that. I think by the time I get to talk to her, it'll be a dead story i think it's almost already a dead story but pavarama was uh on nbc yesterday talking about uh just the the i don't know if it's an uptick in this idea that you're allowed to be violent with comedians or um you know it's appropriate to throw beer at somebody but to me 
first of all, I I think I mentioned this yesterday. It's nothing that new, and it's nothing that severe. Now, she's a uh, oh, people are gonna say, oh, you know, I gotta watch everything I fucking say. <laughs> she's a woman, and uh, there are different rules for women than there are for men. But I don't think if that beer would have landed, let's say, as hard as it was thrown, it did hit the wall pretty hard. It made a nice thud when it hit the wall. But if that would have hit her right in the face, she wouldn't have had to go to the hospital or anything. It would have been like, ow, ow, and let's move on. But I've seen far worse than that in uh, bars and uh, clubs and, my God. Um, Years ago, 2004 uh we were playing at water lilies uh on the nautical mile and when we played at water lilies every couple of weeks the hell's angels would come down and the leader he wasn't the president you know the local maybe but he was up at pretty high officer whatever they called him i don't even know what they call him this guy frankie who was the leader of this local group of health angels that came down all the time. He would want to sing Roadhouse with us. And um, we always let him, uh, you know, what are you going to say? <laughs> you can tell Angel, Hell's Angels, no, the, your leader can't sing a song with us, but everybody else is welcome to come up. So, no, uh, he, we always let him, always. Uh, and it was good to have them on our side, not to start any trouble and all that stuff. But this one particular night, I got there early setting up equipment, and there was a woman who was just, she was just being a pain in my ass, antagonistic. She wanted, she was kind of flirting with me, but in an antagonistic way, getting in the way of me setting up equipment and stuff like that. And she was with two, two guys. Uh, and I, uh, and when I had enough of her shit, I turned to the two guys. I said, you either control her or I'm going to kick the shit out of both of you guys. <laughs> and they uh, quickly uh, grabbed her and brought her to the bar and got her out of my way. And I set up the equipment and all that stuff. But she was busting my balls the whole night. And these guys were apologizing for her now because they want to get their ass kicked. <laughs> But when Frankie came up, Frankie came in later towards the end of the night and Frankie shows up and he wants to sing Roadhouse and we start playing Roadhouse. And one of the guys who uh, was with this woman also wanted to sing Roadhouse over the leader of the Hells Angels. And he comes up and he grabs my mic and he starts singing. And I grabbed the mic away from him and I said, no. Basically, I'm protecting him now because you're going to try to outsing the leader of the Hells Angels. All his boys are watching. They're going to take you outside and fuck you up. But the guy had a problem with me. Like, I was, he was drunk by this time, plenty drunk. And he had a a problem with me thinking, like, I'm being an asshole. I don't care if you sing Roadhouse, but you don't want to sing it over the leader of the Hells Angels. You don't want to take away his moment. Uh, but he didn't see it that way. He didn't see, see that as me trying to protect him. He thought I was just being an asshole. So he came back, and he's standing like right next to me, and he's holding a beer, and he keeps doing this, like like purposely spilling his beer on me. And I'm like having enough of it. And at that point, uh, I, I'm set up right next to a bar, right next to the bar. And I got the kid between me and the bar and my guitar. 
and I start crushing them into the bar, and I can hear his ribs breaking. <laughs> and uh, it started to spit up a little blood, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, you know what? You pissed me off now. Yeah, I'm trying to fucking protect you, and you're going to fucking play this uh, passive-aggressive accidentally spilling beer on purpose on me. So I started crushing them into the bar big time. And uh, then I just got up to the mic and the song ended. I went up to the mic. I said, we have one more song and then uh, we're done. And when we're done, that means I'm no longer working for the bar. And I just looked at the kid and he he had the look of fear in his eyes. And uh, I crushed him one more time into the bar and I just heard things break and he went down <laughs> went down on the floor and it was just laying there and by and now uh people are noticing you know things things are right things, things are not right over there it's getting some rattiness and the hell's angels guy saw what was going on and the guy came over and he asked me what was going on i said this guy was trying to uh showboat frankie oh he's trying to showboat frankie <laughs> and they took him out on the sidewalk and um, I don't think that guy looks the same anymore. I don't think he look. Uh, he he got a a beating where you could hear things cracking and you know people punching him. And those it, it sounded like they were punching a, a a bag of bones. It was just you could hear things cracking, and it was just not good. It was. I'm sure he if he survived that. <laughs> He definitely took him weeks, if not months, to recover. But that was the old day. I mean, so the point I'm making, I guess, very clumsily and and not very eloquently, is that this shit's been going on, far worse has been going on forever in music clubs. Now, maybe it's new in comedy clubs. I don't think it's all that new in comedy clubs. But there's been a lot worse forever. You know, bars have always been places, nightclubs are bars, comedy clubs are bars at the end of the day. And they've always been places where fights happen. And sometimes those fights got really, really bad. Uh, Generally, uh, in a bar, it's dark. You don't know what's going on. You you know, it's so crowded that even good fighters can't get you know, people who are trained, good fighters, martial art people, they can't get their, you can't get into like a uh, Ralph Macchio, whatever that ridiculous uh, stance he got in for a karate kid. There's no way you're doing that in a very, very crowded bar room. So in those fights, uh, a lot of the martial art stuff goes down, even if grapplers and, and you know, jujitsu guys. Um, you have no leverage. You have no balance. You know, you have people bumping into you from all sides, not just the guy you're fighting with. It gets pretty ugly and hard to um, hard to keep your training. And, and so street fights, bar fights, are very different animals than um, ring fights, dojo fights. Most people, if you've never been in one of them, you don't really understand that until you've been in one of them. I had one fight in particular that stands out in my mind because I wasn't part of the first fight. This was a fight where 
It was a local dive bar. And people had gotten their ass kicked the week before. And they were coming back for revenge. You, play, you know, when you're playing in dive bars like that, you're not really playing on a stage. You're playing on a floor with the people. And a very crowded room. I mean, because they're small bars, but pack people in. And these people came back looking for revenge from a week before. And it was like eight guys and one little girl. One little blonde-haired girl. And uh, they were looking for the people who beat them up last week, but they weren't. the people who beat them up last week weren't there. That didn't seem to matter. They wanted to. They were blaming it on the bar and the people who were in the bar that night. Excuse me. One second. So a fight ensued. Um, and I remember grabbing a guy and getting him in a full Nelson, the biggest guy that they had there. And I just got him in a full Nelson, and he didn't know what to do with that. And he basically was neutralized. But so was I. I mean, I uh, because the guy was so big, he was much bigger than me. Uh, there wasn't much I could do with him. It's not like I could take him with a full Nelson and just, like, slam him into anything. He was huge probably about 300 pounds football player type guy you know big big old brawny guy uh but then wild punches again throwing being thrown all over the bar and i got this guy and i'm just i got him in a full nelson i don't know what to do with him and i start turning him around and i look and and there's a crowd <laughs> a crowd of guys just like like i was i'm holding them there like they're like sizing sizing them up to like just punch his face out and i'm like trying to turn him awake i don't want the guy to get killed i just wanted to keep the peace stop the fight break it up a little bit and everybody's looking at him like sizing him up for the the killer wind up right hand straight to his mug and i'm like trying to keep him from getting one of those and you could you, you could see the guy was starting to panic a little bit because as big as he was there were seven or eight big dudes just looking to nail him while another guy's holding him wasn't a pleasant thing for him but i I managed to get him out the door and he he, you know again big guy but he was contrite in that he made a mistake coming to that bar that night because you can come with eight or nine people but if everybody in that bar is on the same side and they were then they were there for for the band um you you can't win. It's a no-win situation. But uh, my friend Dennis started getting in a fight with one of the guys. And then the bartender jumped over, and he was getting in a fight with... And this guy's going back and forth and duking it out between Dennis and this guy, Kevin, who was at the bar. And Denny is a uh, little guy, but quick with his fist and was just, like, punching the hell out of this one guy. And then uh, somebody had a knife. And the knife, Dennis got stabbed, the bartender got stabbed, uh, and nobody knows where the, who's got the knife because it's so crowded, it's dark in there, people just getting stabbed, and it's like, oh, it's getting serious now. Cops come rushing in, and the little girl that was with them, and she was a little girl, I mean little, like probably five foot, if that, and maybe, maybe 100 pounds, but I don't think so like 95 pounds and just barely five foot and she's fighting she's punching people and doing well 
and she's punching du- big dudes and hitting them. And like you're seeing guys like, oh, oh. <laughs> Very few people are hitting them back. And then all of a sudden, somebody had enough of it. And they start punching back at her. And uh, nothing's happening. Like big dudes, like wailing on her. She just keeps coming. And cops come running in. Got to be 10, 15 cops. Billy clubs out. Fucking whacking people. Uh, it was a brawl. And um, they did very little damage. The girl was taking, and, and this guy, this guy Frank, I I knew at the time. I don't even know if he's still alive, but I'm hesitant to say his last name. He took a pool cue and the back end of a pool cue and swung it like Babe Ruth uh, right into this girl's face. Boom. She didn't go down. Whoa. This girl's pumped up on something, some kind of uh, superhuman drug or something. Anyway, I guess the point I'm making is having a beer, one beer, a single beer thrown at you, and the guy leaves. It's really not not as big as it seemed. Carl mentioned yesterday some comedian had a table. I don't know if it was a woman. might have been a guy. Some comedian had a table thrown at them. Table could do some damage. I mean, beer could do some damage too, but it's not gonna. It's not on the level with all that stuff. And while she deserves credit for the way she handled it, it's not the you know, it's not the upswing in violence or or outrageous comedy club violence that people are making it out to be. Now I do hope she takes the attention. And does something with it. But I think the clock is ticking on that. The 15 minutes of, of fame, 15 seconds of fame that you get now, um, quickly going by. Uh, so I hope she capitalizes on it soon. I haven't seen, I've seen her do one or two podcasts that, they're not the Joe Rogan show. They're not, the numbers on these podcasts don't even really seem to be matching mine, which is not, <laughs> it's not a great success. She could be doing. She could be doing better. She could be doing better with the media attention uh, or media handling, media management. She could. She could use an agent uh, to help her get more exposure out of this. And listen, nobody, nobody wants the attention for bad stuff. You want the attention for good stuff. She wants the attention because she's funny. That's what a comedian wants the attention for. But you got to cash in on when something like this happens. Excuse me. When something like that happens, you have to take advantage of it. Uh, a couple of people in the chat room, let me say good morning to them. I know it's been, I've been rambling for, oh, 27 minutes now. Look, look at me, chat room. Uh, good morning, Kevin. I should have known it was you. And Kelly. Good morning, Kelly. Uh, we have a couple of people in the chat room. Kevin says, uh, just don't give them chat access. Don't give them. Oh, um, you mean the, the authors and the, the paranormal uh, people that want to come on the morning show? Don't give them chat access. Um, I think, I'm not sure about this, whether, let me look uh, in the settings, whether I have it so that the guests uh, can see. Guess can know. Guess can't view comments. Oh, well. Carl's here. Want to say hello to Carl? He's just looking at me. He's like, oh, fuck that dog. 
I can see him. He's like, fuck that dog. Why you, why you like, fuck, why you like fuck, fuck that dog? That fuck that dog. dog. You know that what? Uh, speaking of dogs, Jamie's dog has forgiven him. I, and I, I think that's a mistake. If you cut my balls off, I, I would take longer to forgive you. It's one of the most horrific forms of animal abuse that's accepted in every, yeah. every society, isn't it? Just lopping someone's balls off. That poor fucking thing. It's not even a dog anymore. Can, can we make a pact right now? You promise not to cut my balls off, and I promise not to cut your balls off. I, yeah, I, I, would, I don't want to get involved in any any ball snipping. No, no ball cutting off. Hmm. Yeah, but I am glad that he named his dog after me, uh, in a way. But yeah, bit of Hank, bit of Hank Porter stuff. Yeah, yeah very. He's, he's much calmer. This dog now is a bit. When I went around there the other week, it was just like I said hello, and he just like bowed his head and like stayed there. Whereas before, it was biting me and jumping on me. So I don't know, maybe it didn't. His balls cut off. Wouldn't you be much calmer? <laughs> I'd be basically a lady. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you cut my balls off. Like what? Uh, but you still got your dick. But it's useless now. Yeah, there's just no point. Yeah. How was your evening? Did you have a good evening? Uh, yeah, pretty chill. I can't remember what I did. Pretty pretty chill, I think. I couldn't quite stay awake for the Mishka thing. It got to 1 a.m. and I was ready for sleep. But uh, Jamie yeah, was in the chat later. room. Yeah, I know, I know because he would have been drunk from 7 p.m. If, if he's up that late, you know, it means he's, he's on whiskey, wine, just a few beers and a bottle of wine. I'm not really drinking tonight. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Is he still on the pills? I I wouldn't I wouldn't know, but I'd guess I'd guess yes. Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, yep. You know, pills and alcohol, especially they're bad bad mix. And if you get to doing them all the time, and I know pain. Believe me, I know chronic pain. Uh, who are you waving to? Who's out there? Oh. Zin and Kevin saying hello. Yeah, same people. Mike Zin. Mike Zin is with us. Uh, yeah, I. So Zin has got. Um, Flat Earth Day of uh, scheduled for I think next week. I'm just curious if he's gonna get the same treatment because he he definitely doesn't put out a vibe that he's already made up his mind and not gonna listen. He probably yeah no I I think he'll probably go on. I think he'll probably he's not go on. convincible. Um, I, even if he says he's got an open mind and he he's willing to keep an open mind, he's not really. So when when we went on, I checked. Because you were busy, and I was like, "Did Napo send him the link?" And then I was checking the of Dykes and Man Gmail, but I forgot it went to mine. But it didn't even go to my inbox; it went to like the promotions inbox or something. Yeah. I had to dig in there, and then I found. Then I found. It called me Jamie first of all, and then, yeah, you've already made up your mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. Yeah, but, but he knows that Zin was on with the Zach thing, so he's got to. No, he I think he'll. I think he'll turn up to to, to Zin. Says in Mike, don't say that. See, you're blowing it. Don't say that. It flat out, there's a bit out there for me. I shouldn't even have put that up there. You yeah, don't want but... him knowing that. If he's watching this, he's going to cancel on you now. You can't even, you don't say that. You want to say, I'm totally willing to believe the earth is flat. Well, I think and part I of have it, they, $3. Prob they probably sent reconnaissance to the channel because the episode before we called it something like. Flat Earth Wednesday is a new Thursday or something stupid, and we talked about it for ten minutes. The Zach episode, yeah, yeah. so I think probably they, they one of the minions um, found that out. Right? Yeah, Kevin, you're on pills, but that's because of pain. 
That's because Jamie hurt his leg 20 years ago, and he's still on the pills. Yeah. What is Ke- what is Kevin saying about pills? Because uh, Kevin's got some major pain issues now, too. I don't know if he's always had this. Like, it, it seemed to come out of nowhere. Uh, knowing America now with, without pendulum, without pendulum? Which always overcorrects, probably send me home with 10 pills from surgery. Oh, he's, he's saying that basically they're going to be too careful with them and not want them to get addicted and, and not give them enough pills to deal with the pain after the surgery. That's probably not a bad guess. It's a good Why idea. Not? It's a good idea to ration them out, though, isn't it? Even if you've got to go back to the pharmacy more times. There has to not, be pain you know. pills that aren't addictive, though. There has to be, like, I don't know. I don't Does know, the, everything the, have to be an the, opiate? There are, there are, but they're not as strong. So the stronger they are, I think the more addictive, addictive they'll be because they just overwhelm your system, right? You're like, this is fucking great. Even yeah. if they're not physically addictive, I think they'll get mentally addictive. And you'd be like, I need, I want some more of that. Yeah. What do you do? You, you uh, subscribe to any um, natural pain remedies and stuff like that, or pain management stuff? Not really, but I, I, I would, I would look at um, CBD or something. And I want to have more weed and stuff, so that would be the natural remedy, right? But I, I take ibuprofen a handful of times a year. If I'm if I get sick, my throat tends to swell up um a lot it always has since i was a kid so i'll pop a couple of those to bring that down the anti-inflammatory and that if the headache is really bad i'll pop a couple but it's really i try and avoid even that you get tmj because i get tmj headaches that that's the worst anxiety in the jaw oh my god those headaches are the worst now occasionally it cramps up weirdly though occasionally it'll just freeze and i'll be like And then it takes, you know, 30 <laughs> seconds for it to go back into place. Not when there's a cock in it, right? Not when there's a cock in it. Just put that out there. It I'm sucks if that happens in public. And, uh, one of the things I was doing yesterday was um, editing a video for a guy who is a... Uh, he mixes motivational speaking and Christianity, which is... It, they call them prosperity preachers, I think. Um, but it, to me, and I was laughing the whole Sorry, time. And please. somebody, somebody said, "What are you laughing at?" It's like this guy. <laughs> it's double. It's the, I, I want to watch some of these. So let me know. Send me a link. Um, I that's double griff though, isn't it? You've got the you've got the motivational speakers, speakers which are a fucking griff, like Gary Vee and so, and then you've got the preachers which are a griff. That's double griff. That's great. I'm motivating right. you, and we'll talk about God as well. You're getting twice the population. On your downloads or whatever you're doing, subscribers. Right. I should do. I really should invent a character and just become a motivational speaker, like a genuine. I would you, have lava lamps behind me and stuff. I would definitely um, go with you on that and be like your devotee, your your right, right hand man yeah. or whatever, your your Judas Brutus, whatever. And I would only, I would only <laughs> let them. I would only let them all know it was a grift once I'd become rich off it. Once I got a certain amount of money, I'll just suddenly go on one day and go, "That was all a lie." goodbye but here's the thing with this guy he is a john maxwell certified certified um leading leadership training and coach john maxwell i actually happen to have had some dealings with because i worked for people who were certified by him 10 years ago and he's what his grift is sorry john he's a preacher a christian minister who does this leadership stuff, this Tony Robbins-like leadership stuff. 
the, the 21 irrefutable Christian. laws of leadership. Right. Yeah. 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 And he charges, like he, he certifies people to teach what he teaches. And each one of those, it, the minimum buy-in is 10 grand, but then every course you take is another 10, 20 grand on top of that. He's got thousands of people learning his grift so that they can yep. go out there and grift in his name. Yeah. Uh, but you, by the end of it, you're paying. Uh, the woman I did, uh, I was working for. She, I think she spent ninety thousand dollars in certifications from him. Yes, I mean it's it's multi it's, it it's multi level marketing, isn't it? So uh, they there's a guy in Scotland. I th he used to be quite funny because they, I don't know, might sue me, but his name's Dan Painter. He's like a really old guy. He claims to be like a trillionaire, and he he just gets other rich kids to his castle in Scotland and he trains them how to make loads of money. Clearly they're giving him 20 K 10 K and then they get, but that's how he makes his money. That's the grift. He's not really, he wouldn't be a millionaire without you. He's just, it's just, right. he's at the top of the pyramid, right? Oh, I'm rich. He probably rented a big house, get people over to start, give me 20 K. Then he can buy a big house <laughs> after five years of doing that. And then it's good. Look how rich I am. I can teach you how to be rich. Yeah. By getting other idiots to give you money. And that's what they'll do eventually. Yeah, you know, get other people in the bottom floor of the scheme, and it's just it's wild. So this guy was uh, reciting John Maxwell's mantra, like, and I've heard the speech enough from John Maxwell himself to know what yeah, he was going to say. Um, and so he was talking about motivation, and he's going through all the uh, first key uh, in in you know leading your team is motivating. And what does motivation mean? And he's talking, he's going through the shtick, and then he goes, and then. Well, the next thing, actually, there is no next thing. That is, that's it for me. <laughs> and I just start cracking up, and somebody said, "What are you laughing about?" Like this guy, he's actually—you could see that he's just trying to remember what he heard John Maxwell say, and he's not—it's not feeling it. It's not coming from his heart. It's coming from memorization of bullshit that he's got a pitch out there and he forgot that he was at the end of the motivation piece <laughs> i mean it's, it's i'm i'm kind of in awe of these guys though. i'm in awe of anything like that they've grifted so well for like years and people just open the wallet every time well i know you said you were uh bored with with the flat the platter thing is boring this is my thing i'm jealous that if it was a true grift from the start that I didn't think of it because it, it's I want a grift like that. I want to I'm not sure it started out as a grift, though. I think it started out because this is what I was thinking about last night. Did somebody actually sit, sit there and say, how can I make money off of fools on the Internet? Flat Earth. Or did they start believing in Flat Earth and then saw that they got a following and then they said, well, I could charge these idiots. I think it's probably the second where they were actually started out as believers, not necessarily Flat Earth, Dave, but whoever started this movement started out as a believer and then saw that there were people coming and then said, well, we could charge them. Well, rather than a guy who like me sitting in a room saying, how can I make money off of idiots? Yeah, I know. <laughs> It is, it is annoying, but at the same time, I'm kind of like fair play. I mean, I <laughs> I see it in like the UFO stuff as well. There are people just plugging absolute bullshit, like CGI shit all the time, and then making, you know, $1,000 an episode or whatnot just off YouTube. And it's like kind of like, it's kind of the people's fault, though, for going there because they're getting hate watches and people who like it. But all yeah. that's doing is doubling your subscriber base, right? Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of, even though these people are pieces of shit, I kind of, I kind of respect it a little bit. It's like, 
Yeah, yeah, me too. And I'm a little bit jealous of it. Like, the birds aren't real guy. I am definitely jealous of him because I know that was a preconceived. Yeah. Why can't I think that creatively? Because I've been trying to think, what could I do that would, like, be a total fucking joke on on humanity? (laughs) And the birds aren't real thing. That is so fucking cool if. You know in advance, you know after with fact that this guy actually sat in his room and thought, what would be really funny to grift the fucking hell out of people? I'll, I'll just tell them birds aren't real. It's like a part of yeah. a government but, experiment. But, but the problem with it is any of that viral stuff, there's probably been a thousand things thrown at the wall by that guy. Yeah. And you never know what's going to hit, right? If something goes viral, you're like, shit, my video's gone viral. I can lean into it. Let's do another one. Yeah, so I can't think of anything. Uh, you know, Jamie's toast thing got me excited. Like, I, <laughs> I probably get a few idiots to believe that we're actually on a piece of toast. <laughs> well, the picture, the picture I used for the flat Earth thing was Discworld by an author called Terry Pratchett. He's a British fantasy writer. He's dead now. I did meet him when I was a child. But the the disc is on the back of four elephants, which are standing on the back of a big space turtle. It's a really good <laughs> series, but that. Yeah, yeah anything, so, anything like that. There is no other, and I'm 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 wrong about that. There is some other grift out there that can be thought of a creative grift that will get people. But I just I'm not I'm not creative enough. I'm not smart enough to think of of something that devious that will actually get enough gullible people to actually say, "Oh, it sounds plausible to me." Um, and I, that's what I'm jealous about. I wish I could. Um, yeah, Mike's I mean, saying, look, check my messenger. He sent you a dick pic. I, I could be. Wow, he's, like, he's, he's like, got check, a huge check, cock. Like, I never knew. Check, out, check out this. Check out my big dick energy. Wow, wow, that his cock does. It's so big it, it takes up the whole messenger. Uh, yeah, of course you can come on uh, for a second. Let me uh, l- let me get uh, Mike's in a a link here. Invite copy they're changing things on Streamyard. i'm i might have to go to melon or riverside or something um i mean they they've just changed the name of like two things it's it isn't it is weird when you first see it but i'm sure we'll get used to it in the next i month. think they changed more than that no um well with this meeting thing you know my teams still got zach on the team they gave me more meeting space uh more more meeting accounts um you know team accounts so i can yeah. add more people to the team Nobody's getting back to me on this nighttime show. I'm really depressed about that. Um, that's one thing what, I really. What's that like a venue or a? No, the nighttime thing I wanted to do was, oh. was the you know nighttime live. Wow, Mike Zinn's head looks as big as his cock did in the message. What guys, what's what, you're too close. You're too close hey, to the camera. Back I, up. This is. I'm sitting at my desk, man. This is where my computer is. It's like. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, that's better. Back here, you know what I mean. But now yeah. you can't hear me. So that was Fine. a huge cock picture you sent yeah, me. Yeah, you. you know, uh, it's a, a flat cock. I figured uh, you would let me on the show if I showed you. You know, I, you're always welcome on the show. <laughs> so what's going on, man? I, I, you know, I just want to I want to address the flat Earth Dave thing for a second because, you know, I, I specifically, <laughs> I specifically, you know, I was so excited that I got him to actually answer the question. You know, hey, do you even have any spiritual beliefs? And and you know he he did preface it with well that's not about the earth but I'll answer your question <laughs> and uh, but but that's what I want to have that's the conversation I want to have with him like 
I have a couple of good questions planned for him that he he might not have heard before. Um, and and I got to say, I do have common ground with him in that, you know, there's a part of me that believes that not that the earth is flat. I, I, I just can't wrap my head around that, around <laughs> it. But, uh, but uh, you know, just that reality is not what it seems. You know what I mean? If, if you start having conversations about simulation theory or quantum physics talking about how, you know, the physical reality doesn't exist, it's all thought and infinite possibilities and that kind of thing. I mean, there's common ground there. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. I don't think so. I think I agree with, with what you're saying about reality and all that stuff. It is. Right. Uh, it is I don't think he believes that. I think he's pure grift. I got gotcha. you. Uh, uh, he his degree is in marketing and psychology. He's a marketing major with a minor in psychology and a solar panel salesman. Right. Uh, so you know what is a flat Earth guy who doesn't believe uh, the sun is really what it is selling <laughs> solar panels while right. he's supporting himself? <laughs> you know, right. Right. And that's actually a science based business. Sure. Where if you don't believe in science and you're selling solar panels, there's an incongruity there. That <laughs> well, the, <laughs> the, 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 the disbelief in science is, I mean, you're on the internet first of all, so figure out how that works <laughs> using Wi-Fi. All these things have come out of PhD student fucking projects over the years, so right. that's all. Science. So, bottom line, there. Mike, I, yeah. I I hear what you're saying, but I don't think he's honest about when he says so. When uh, he's talking about soul, and he gave you that answer, he has to do that because his following demands it. Because I, when I talked to him about it, he was a pure atheist, and that was only three years ago. Well, so, but he's, I mean, you know, he said he believes that we have a soul, and that's our eternal being, and then, and that this is a school, and so he, he's got to believe that there's something after this, right? If that's what he's implying. No, that's what he told you. That's okay, what I'm saying. Okay, that's uh, fine. But he, the reason he told you that was because after he told me he was an atheist, those people in the chat room got all over him and said, oh, Dave's not a believer. He, right, right, he doesn't right. believe in the word. So he's he's just giving you what he's been told to say. Right. right. It, might, it, might still, it, might, it might still be an interesting conversation. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, I was nervous at first, and I was like, "Is this gonna like take the validity of my show down a couple of notches?" <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, I just I want to have an interesting, real conversation with the guy if I can. You know, he he, I may not be able to get through that that salesman guy, but you know, I'm it's my show, so I'm gonna set set yeah. my boundaries and see where I can go with it. You know, one of the questions I have planned, I, I don't want to talk about flat Earth. I don't want him to try to convince me that, but. I'm sure the, the conversation is going to go that way. And, you know, one of the questions that I'm not afraid to give away is, is the idea of this. There is an, a space industry. There are people who go to work that have launched satellites and are monitoring those satellites and are like, are those, my question is, are those people being duped or are yes. they doing the duping? Right. Uh, I asked him that. I asked yeah. him that uh, in my original interview with him. I yeah. asked him that. I said, "You're accusing all my friends who work at NASA of being complicit in this, and all the people who work for every other space agency, even well, the private not, ones." Go it's not just that. It's, it's it's such a big conspiracy. It would involve every single university, every single professor, postdoc, PhD. Student. They're all all of them it, are either it, in on the conspiracy or his answer. Being duped. His answer to that is no. They're not. They've been duped by the. Right. Upper echelon leaders, but they're all who... they're all they're all doing science. though. they're all using right. 
instruments and they created the internet as you say and they created robotics that uh can do surgery microsurgery on you and all that kind of stuff stuff to be fair that to be fair they've also created excellent cgi that could be pumping that nasa feed you know yeah give him (laughs) yeah but uh you know what's all what are all those theories about uh mind control from the military uh What's that project? MK Ultra. Yeah, MK Ultra yeah. and all of that stuff. I mean, hey, listen, if you're if you can contemplate that stuff, I'm yeah. just saying there's a basis for everybody's been fooled oh, they, or something. They you know still, they I mean? still, they still funding today into paranormal stuff in yeah. military yeah. intelligence services. It's, yeah. it's wild. Yeah, uh, back in the day on the Mind Dog show, Preston Nichols uh, was. You know, you know about the base out in Montauk where he claims the uh, project, a uh, Montauk project happened where they were doing mind control experiments. They were doing out of body experiments. They were doing uh, all sorts of that kind of stuff out at Montauk. Now, of course, the government said, no, it was just a simple Air Force base. That's all it was to it. But he was adamant that because he broke in there years after it was closed down and it's still there. We could gro- probably break in now and see what he's talking about. But well, I, you think, know, he had I think that Bob the, MK Ultra, the MK Ultra stuff has come out in FOIA, though. They were definitely doing that. Yeah. Remote viewing, remote viewing as well, like finding yes. targets in your mind and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so really, yeah, that and that's the basis of where I'm coming from. It's like if I'm going to believe in infinite possibilities. And that's the interesting thing about Flat Earth, because I do believe in infinite possibilities, but Flat Earth, it's like you're 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 playing with a basic like system of existence that I've been living under for 55 years. You know what I mean? If you're 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 uh, disputing that, you know, and, and that's that one's tough for me. But again, just because of who I am and I want to believe in infinite possibilities, I'm like, I got to at least back away and say, I don't believe it, but I don't not believe it. Okay. Well, uh, I wish you luck with it. I, I think I think he's going, I know, he's going to want to not let you control your own show. Uh, that was when I interviewed him, that's where we started. I said, uh, um, I don't want this. I was trying to lay down ground rules, and he right. got really angry that I was trying to lay down ground rules. I said, basically, I want to introduce you to the people. Let's learn a little bit about who you are as the teacher you're claiming to be a teacher about this stuff let's right. talk about your credentials and he got really defensive and angry and this is not what i came here for he right. came here to give a ted talk a monologue right right right. and he said well feel free to ask questions that's the only way we learn to ask questions the minute you ask a question he gets angry and defensive right. and his right. crowd will get how dare you question the great dave yeah, I'd get some. Well, I'd get some. I'd get some assistance in the light. In the light, if there's a live chat, I'd get some assistance. In there I'm, well. I'm hoping. I'm hoping for a different reflection, Matt. Yeah, I don't think, Carl. I don't think you can do that because uh, Mike's show is at 9 p.m. and it's 2 2 a.m. for you. I don't. Oh, I think shit, you'll so. be like. Even if you show up in the chat room, you'll be so sleepy that you won't have the energy. Sometimes I'm up then, sometimes I'm up then, but I could be drunk, so you don't want that. Retards. But uh, yeah, it, it would be, yeah, I'd get some of your followers to get in there at least and, and just try and moderate it a little bit because they get right. a bit wild in that chat. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it, yeah. you know. It's... it's uh... <laughs> Nervous and excited, but but Matt, thanks yeah. so much. I really I do appreciate your support, and uh, 
and and the opportunities and all of that stuff. So and, what you got? Three shows going on now. You got the wide, weird, wonderful world of wackiness, uh, uh, live stream of consciousness, and another one, right? You got yeah. I, I just started working with uh, this this uh, guy Brian Lar. He's he's a, a mystic and a shaman, and he's been studying tarot and energy and all of these things. He lived in Africa in the woods for you know a couple of years. Um, they got woods in Africa. <laughs> i know um, they have jungles but woods. I, I don't, not, maybe not africa maybe you know thailand or something you know you know where yeah, you go and yeah. you just kind of don't talk for months you know that kind of thing um but but he's really an amazing guy and he's an also an artist who does these amazing amazing light painting uh photos i'll, I'll send you his link you'll see and so he created uh, a tarot deck using all of his tarot knowledge and his art and uh, so the show is about learning the tarot deck one by one, each card, what each card means. We're doing each, you know, one episode a card. And it's it's actually, we're only seven episodes in and he's got like major like tarot readers from YouTube interested. We've had a couple of cool guests. Uh, so it's pretty interesting. So, but I'm only doing that in the live stream. The Strange and Wonderful uh, is an amazing, amazing show that I started with uh, this girl, Courtney, who is, a little strange and wonderful herself. Uh, she's in a relationship with a, a synthetic doll. So it's uh, so uh, so. I've heard about this before. So, um, but she it was her idea to start the show, and she didn't really know how to go about it. So I said, "Hey, I'll start the show with you, and then kind of let you do it." So she created all the the artwork for the the titles and all of that stuff. I helped. I animated it and gave it some music, but. Uh, but I just, you know, I was spreading myself too thin, so I had to kind of let her go. But the show is so interesting that I do, I catch it, and then if it's interesting, I, I'll join in the conversation because she gets some interesting guests on there. And Yeah. Uh, I was thinking that Dave would probably be a better fit for that show. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know what? That's kind of like, but talking about the tarot and those kind of things, because I had those people on Mind Dog Radio, uh, Mind Dog TV, yeah. Mind Dog Radio, Mind Dog, the magnificent show on my radio show, yeah. and there's a bunch of them in the in the clips because uh, I was re-listening. Now this is the keep keep in mind that the clips I have are the absolute worst of Mind Dog. It's the only thing that survived my my show, so they're really embarrassing. But there's a lot of people doing tarot readings and rune readings and these kind of device where they. I used to call it psychic training wheels, tarot cards, because it's not, I'm not doing a psychic reading for you. I need an object or I need my training wheels to kind of support me through this thing. It's interesting. And, yeah. And let, now I listen back to them and it's funny how wrong every single yeah. one of them was. <laughs> well, I think, you know, I think it's an interesting uh, genre. And, and I think that there are people who have, have amazed me and there are people who have uh, really turned me off to it, you know, because, you know, Every one of them, uh, if if any one of the psychic readings, including on uh, on my evening show and my afternoon show that I've had over the last four or five years now, uh, every one of them has predicted great things for me, like you know, superstardom, uh, lots great, of man. money. Huh? <laughs> You're great. <laughs> yeah, but but I'm not a millionaire. Um, you can like. So, Two people that I have the audio clips from the radio show, one's doing a rune reading for me and the other one's doing a tarot reading. Both of them claimed I would see great 
riches. Uh, there was uh, a young man who was going to come into my life who was very influential in the media business who's going to give you a leg up and offer you a, you know, a, a platform that is bigger than anybody else has right now on, you know, uh, obviously. But you got to believe in yeah, you turned it down. You got to believe in flat earth. <laughs> God's sending you the boat. You just didn't get on it. Oh. <laughs> well, either way, they missed the mark. Uh, but the funny part about it was uh, when because my friend Jeff, who passed away last year, was a complete drug addict and alcoholic. And we used to have him them do readings for him. And it, it was kind of funny. Like, um, that is funny. They, uh, so, you know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I uh, recommend it to you, and, and maybe we could talk offline, but there's an amazing, there's an author that has come out with this book called The Divine Design. It's all about dimensions and the earth and why we're here and all that stuff. But uh, Lori Ladd is her name, and she's really like skyrocketing. And I had her on my show, and it was such an amazing interview. And I, I'm just, you know, you're an inspiration the way you interview people and really kind of create space for people. I would love to see you have her on your show yeah i love you know what either nighttime show or daytime show it's fine yeah. I mean, morning show is fine if you can get up yeah, early yeah. i i actually am more interested in getting some of those people on this kind of stuff uh and, you know i know mornings are tough for people but um it, it i think the mornings are more interesting to me mm -hmm. what's going on oh carl showing us a divine design yeah, that's it that's it yeah. It's, a, it, it's a great book. I was and and I know I'm a little more into the stuff than you are. I know, but I know you accept it and you give it, you know, at least because uh, I spent 30 years in it. Yeah, I, yeah, I would, you, I was up to here in it. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but you, you, you at least honor it for what it is, which is which is very cool. But I got to say, this book just like you're reading it, and it's just it's almost like you just feel it. You just like you're just like this stuff makes sense. I don't know why. I, I don't really get it, but it makes sense somehow, and and it's you know it's interesting. You should check it out, um, or, or not. Yeah, Mishka had some really profound things to say last night uh, because oh, I missed I, it. Yeah, well, it's still there. Um, yeah, yeah. But the night before, I had a woman who uh, she walked the uh, Camino de Santiago. Uh, so a 500-mile yeah. trek. She'd yeah. walked it twice, and she's going back this year. But she, um, And she's 72. When she was 72 when she walked it first, 500 miles. Wow. Uh, but she was talking about some of the things she learned there. And I, I told uh, Mishka that when she was talking about happiness, I thought about him because he's in recovery for 10 years now or more than 10 years now. Um, but he still writes really dark. And I, 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 he seems to have found peace in some way, but he's still able to, and most of his art still comes out very dark. Mm -hmm. And I, I was curious about that because I asked her, because she seems to have found enlightenment, man. And I asked her about happiness because we all we we all just want to be happy. At the end of the day, that's happiness is what everybody's looking for. Yeah. And I said to her, "Well, we can't be happy all the time." And she laughed and she shook her head like she didn't agree with me. She didn't come right out and say, "Yes, we can be happy all the time." But she seemed to suggest that, and her answer was, "It's just a matter 
and and Mishka said this. His mother told him it's just a matter of the answer to being happy all the time is just deciding to be happy all the time. Can I? Can I? I'm just going to address that for a second. You know, I'm, I have to. Yeah. And, and it and it's really this. It's just I think it's a misconception and a perception. If you can just change your perception just a little bit, and and the perception is this, and and it's what we've been told, and I think what everybody thinks is that happiness is a place that you get. It's right. like a destination, and it's not. Happiness is the car that you drive to get to that destination. It's the mode of travel. Happiness is the way you take your day, your your everyday journey, and you, like you said, you decide. You're like, you know what? I know there's a lot of shit going on, but it's not happening to me. You know, maybe stuff is happening to you. Maybe you have cancer, but if you can, you can wake up and decide. You know what? I've got cancer, but I just fucking woke up. You know what I mean? Like I did wake up. I'm here. I'm breathing in. I'm breathing out you can decide to be happy. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I know. I know you hate this shit, but no, no, I don't hate that shit. I just know enough people. And I know a lot, enough people who would wake up and say, fuck, I woke up. Yeah. Yeah. But, but And you know what? And that's, and that's why they feel that way because they're waking up and that's what they're saying. They're making that choice, dude. I, I hate to, I hate to well, say it. But... I, I, I hear what you're saying about that, but I think it probably more, understanding that cancer is if if you've ever really been real close to it it's a suffering i mean no it, it, cancer isn't oh, yeah. laying my in bed died. waiting to die watching cartoons and eating peanuts yeah my, was, my dad was was uh, diagnosed in august with esophageal cancer in uh 2029 and he was dead in january 2010 uh, you know it was it was I was close to it, man. Yeah, I was close that, no, to it. that's a good thing that he was passed quickly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But if you Absolutely. see it like lingering, it's suffering. It really is oh, yeah. suffering. So oh, that... I, I watched. I watched him wither away. You know, and I saw it. It happened quickly. Thank God. But but I definitely can imagine that spread over years. That's that's horrible. There's still but... a way of looking at it, though, isn't there? You can still wake up with cancer for five years and still not not fucking hate everything every time you wake up you can in the moment i guess when you're in pain but you, i know right. someone who died of cancer I think the point she, she, she stayed really light actually right until she died the point i'm making is if you have such bad pain and suffering from cancer and you go to sleep and you're thinking man i hope i die tonight so i don't have to wake up and experience this pain tomorrow it's not necessarily that you're bitter or uh, it's that you're angry at the world it's that you don't want to go through this you don't want your leg to be cut off again tomorrow that's, or you that's, that's an extreme that's an cancer is an extreme example of it i guess isn't yeah it? but yeah i mean no, i, no, I no, know I... yeah my, my, my friend was in horrendous pain for a long time towards the end and she she still wanted to live like I want to keep going, keep trying to get rid of the this shit. To survive is amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, my yeah. mom for 20 years was saying she was ready to die, but when it came down to it, she was not ready to die. <laughs> On her deathbed, she was wondering where the doctors were to why aren't they, why aren't they trying to do something after 20 years of saying I'm ready to die. So, yeah, I get that. I, you know, it, it is all perspective. But, and I, I, one of the things I was talking to Mishka about last night, because if you're an artist, empathy is a big part of your game. Now, maybe not Carl. Carl doesn't seem to really care about anybody. <laughs> but most artists, most creative people. <laughs> uh, not, you're not, we're not talking about con artists. Yeah. <laughs> I'll come from um, a place of empathy. And I know Mishka, because I, I, 
I, I know Mishka. I don't really know him. I said this. I don't really know him personally. But from following him on social media, whenever I see him get agitated, aggravated, upset with anybody, it's not because it's something that somebody did to him or something that happened to him. It's something that happened to somebody he cares about or somebody he likes or somebody, you know. So that's empathy. That's And that it, that's a... That's where a lot of, you know, darkness comes from is when when you're feeling the pain of others. Because shit happens to me and I laugh right. it off. Right. But if I see shit happen to somebody who is defenseless or weak or uh, it breaks my heart, you know, it's right. like that's where that's where artistry comes from. It's yeah, you got like- your you got your ass kicked a couple of times because of that. so i I gotta get out of here i gotta get to work i gotta i'm having a meeting with your buddy mike crass today oh yeah nice awesome uh yeah you know what they yeah they're getting on vimeo with a streaming service oh yeah i don't that doesn't seem to be a plan for it he's like asking me like what my ideas are uh well you know we use uh in the studio we have a live stream box and that is connected i think vimeo bought them or they bought i think vimeo bought live stream and uh uses their platform right um so it's you know it's i mean you this have is to like a 24 it. hour phone like it's like roku but on your phone type of thing oh, oh they've so got like an ott they've, they've got yeah. an ott yeah yeah, yeah 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 that's what everybody I, that's what but everybody you gotta have trying content. to do if you're gonna do that, you have to have a lot of shows. You know, yeah, ne- yeah. <laughs> Netflix has a lot of shit. They got a lot of licenses for a lot of shit. <laughs> right. And me, I got this, and I got of Dykes and Men. Now you should get on the Mind Dog Network, and I'll let you go with that. Oh but. yeah, let's let's talk about it, man. Uh, yeah, man. I'm I'm looking I'm looking to 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 be my own man. You know. If I mean? we get more shows on it, we'll, it will drive traffic for everybody. Mm-hmm. I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. I'll let you go. Have, All right, I'll see day. you guys later, man. I'm going to watch Michael. that uh, Mishka episode on the way. Yeah, I'm going to do the same later, for sure. Oh, man. See you in a bit. Yeah, I got to I gotta run, yeah. too. Uh, I don't right. know what you do. What do you, what do, you do uh, during the day on Friday? What is, what is your Friday like? Um, oh, your day's it's, over. It's afternoon for you. Right? It's yeah. 2 p.m. Yeah, normally after, I have a call at about 3 o'clock. Most Fridays I have to get on. Um, but apart from that, yeah, I'm done. I'm done for the week. I might Good. do a... I might jump on last rights and hang out for an hour for no reason. That would be good. Well, well I, I'm not getting notifications for last rights, which is bothering me because I get notifications for shit I don't want to get. YouTube? Yeah. I don't get the bell. Usually it will, I, my phone will buzz or something and it says somebody, some douchebag is going live. I never get yeah, one that says call. Actually, I am. <laughs> You're right. I get notifications on Facebook for it, but I I don't get the YouTube notification, which is odd as well. But I think Chrissy was saying something about that. Maybe there's an issue with it. I'll have a look. It should yeah. be. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. But I normally yeah. normally tweet about it. But today I might come on for an hour in an hour in an hour or so, um, two hours time. All right. Well, join me for hour. bagels on Sunday morning. I'm be here. For, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just getting up early on Sunday morning because uh, I haven't been going to the uh, soup kitchen for a couple of weeks now because it's been uh, they're, they're doing some work, their construction and stuff. So I'm not going there. So I'm doing coffee and bagels with the dog. I'll on see. Sunday I'll see. I'll see where I am. I'll be traveling back from. Um, Whoa, I'm staying in place tomorrow, so I'll be traveling back from a place called Surrey, which is about two hours, three hours All from right. here. So traveling call. Call them the traveling Wilburys, the the traveling Callberries. That's what I need. Yes, it is. A name. All right, I'm out.
have a All have right. a great day. I'm just, I'm just gonna leave you in there while I just start, go to play the music, and then you could start okay. n word n wording me as you did yesterday. <laughs> you think I nink and poop? It was nink and poop. Nink and poop. Nike, yeah. just do it. All right.
listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.